and we are back for the finale of Ahsoka, and I just want to get straight right into it. So, Star Wars Rogues season five, Star Wars Rogues. Um, yeah, you want just want to get into it? Yes, please. And uh, I look. This show, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad show. I would say overall, I liked it more than Mandalorian. You know, I liked it more than Mandalorian. Even Mandalorian season one or season two that, that I know a lot of people love. But uh, I liked it. I liked it more. But um, oh, so overall, I you know, I think it's 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 really good. It's a very, very good product. It's it's nowhere near Andor. Nowhere near Andor. Oh, of but course. Like, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, it was very good. Um, but... It definitely had its flaws, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was a show that had a lot of okay episodes and several yeah. good episodes. And the finale had to be a very good episode. It was just an okay episode. It was lukewarm. It was tepid. It yeah. wasn't like the knockout punch that I wanted it to be. So, I, I you know, this, this final episode, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Because I almost say, like, the larger plot beats... I think were perfect. You know, like I think had, had Sabine and Ahsoka succeeded in going back, I would have like groaned. And like, I love that they fail and I love that Ezra goes back. And so there's this swap, you know, I, I think that's very fitting. Um, even, even if it, you know, I know, I know you and I are both shipping like Ezra and Ezra and Sabine to, <clears throat> to bump and grind a little. Um, and now they can't, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, damn it. <laughs> why can't we, why can't we have some, some actual like romance in, in, in a, in a Star Wars property, uh, besides Luke and Leia, uh, what? I mean, not Luke, <laughs> besides Luke and Leia, besides Han and Leia. I mean, there is Luke and Leia, but, um, uh, so I, I liked that overall, like story beat. I like the story beat of like Balin going off and finding this like mysterious like mystery box thing that he's doing it's it's too bad that ray stevenson died but like you know i like that as a setup for season for season two you know so over and you know theron returning and all that and and like all the all that story beats those those major story beats i'm totally on board with but then like once you go down a little it was another freaking star like stormtrooper useless mindless fight the boss battle between ahsoka and and morgan seemed a little weak um yeah i was gonna ask you about no, that because people yeah. were people were criticizing the choreography i thought it was fine you did you not like the choreography boss battle between morgan elspeth and ahsoka or are you just saying the boss battle was just whatever i think there wasn't enough emotion i understand that they faced off and in, in the the mandalorian episode um but i felt like there wasn't enough shared tension or buildup for that for that fight to mean anything to me, because storm like lightsaber battles are not about the lightsabers, right? The lightsaber battles are about two people with like emotional baggage facing each other, right? So you've got you've got Darth Vader and Obi Wan, and there's emotional baggage as they go forward in that, and then there's Luke versus Vader. There's emotional baggage because Vader, you killed Ben. And, um, and, and to Vader, it's his son, you know, and then there's a reveal at the end. And then in the, the Return of the Jedi, there's the, the one good aspect of Return of the Jedi is this like, you know, fight between, between Luke and, and Vader. And not because it's, a, it's choreographed well, 
the one in Star Wars is not choreographed well. You know, it's it's just because there's a, these people have emotion. This is this is my father. This is my son. You know, the, we're 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 having this fight. That's that's what's important. Are these are is when there's you know emotion between the characters. As 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 well choreographed as the Phantom Menace lightsaber battle was, it didn't mean anything because who the fuck is Darth Maul? Darth Maul's nobody, you know? Um, and so I just didn't think there was anything like, what were the stakes? You know, like what did it mean to Ahsoka that she was battling Morgan? What did it mean to Morgan that she was battling Ahsoka? In that sense, well, I thought it was choreographed fine. Uh, whatever. I, I like, I'm not paying attention to like, I don't really pay attention to the choreograph, like the choreography, like that much. Like, there's never really been a great Star Wars, uh, like lightsaber battle. I think the the one in Phantom Menace is the most interesting looking, but it's always going to look choreographed because no one's ever no one's ever doing like actual sword play, you know, and 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 or it's like it's either like super lame, like the one from Star Wars, which had emotional weight, or it's like overly choreographed with flips and stuff in Phantom Menace. And you know, it's like I don't know. I don't know. I I, I kind of like the uh the lightsaber fight in Force Awakens between uh, uh Finn and Kylo and then Rey and Kylo. I thought those were mm. very well done and it I felt like they were actually trying to fight each other. Yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I, I agree. I agree with your point, your points there. And some people think that, like, the all time greatest battle is the Kylo Ren, uh, Ray versus the Red Guard. Um, no, even no, though no, that, no. even though that's incredibly choreographed, you know, but not only is just... that choreographed that I probably, I would argue that is the worst fight. When I first saw it, I thought it was really good. And then I saw it later. I downloaded the movie yeah. and I saw it later. And once, and, like every Star Wars fan, you nitpick everything, and you remember yeah. everything, and you watch it a thousand times. Go back and and, and watch that Red Guard versus Ray and Kylo fight. Bad. It was very bad, especially the opening when the guards yeah. kind of wait for her to pay attention so they can attack her again. Just it was very sloppy. Right. They're waiting. They're waiting for their cues. I think people were dazzled because the color scheme and the direction I think is very good on that scene, or at least what I remember. I, it's been many years, but I just remember the color scheme being so vibrant, and so I think it it burns in people's head. I think I think it's a little. It's the same about the Phantom Menace fight. Is that it's a very vibrant, interesting environment they're fighting in versus, say, Attack of the Clones, which is perhaps like the dullest environment that you, they're fighting in, you know, where you can't really remember anything going on because it's just a dull gray background. I actually um, agree with George Lucas about the Phantom Menace fight, because in the behind the scenes footage, he does say how we've only ever seen uh, old men and young untrained mm. boys fight lightsaber fights in the original trilogy. Now we're going to yeah. see two Jedi Knights in their prime fighting another Sith Lord in his prime. And it's supposed to be like, you know, spectacular and insane. Also, regarding that fight. Um, now, I understand that there's a lot from Star Wars rogues that uh, I don't know about. Um, and for the most part, watching Ahsoka you don't need to know what happened in rogues nope. which is fine but all of a sudden there was this weird fucking sword appearing appearing and i had no idea what the what the fuck the sword was 
Um, um, pseudo pseudo lightsaber, which magic sword, and we'll just leave it at that. But it, but it appeared it, it's like from rogues, right? Uh, it's from like Clone Wars. Uh, Star Wars oh, Rebels God. did not have the witches of Dathomir, like, but the yeah, but the clone like the Clone Wars did. Yeah, the Clone Wars. I think they had it. I'm pretty sure they did because the witches of Dathomir appear quite frequently in Clone Wars. So. I get that the lightsaber fights oftentimes aren't about lightsabers, and you're right, uh, Morgan and Ahsoka should have some kind of rivalry, especially since, you know, Morgan and Ahsoka did duel before. It, it kind of wasn't yeah. there, I agree with you, but the stakes were, for Morgan at least, that I, her master has tasked her with this one thing, and she was kind of, that's, I want to say... That's what's sad, is I was rooting for Morgan. Like, I felt bad for Morgan. Yeah. Like, Morgan did all of this work. And then, like, the emotional, the emotion, the emotion I felt was Morgan did all of this work for Thrawn, and then they just throw her away on a let's slow down Ahsoka for 10 minutes, which, which Ahsoka shouldn't have been coming in at that time. Like, I don't, there's a million things I felt like they could have, they could have gotten their ship out faster and and brought Morgan with her. So it, it felt like this, it was just so sad and pitiful for Morgan. Like, you need to die for this very irrelevant thing that we're doing right now. Like, we could have, like, rushed things a little bit, but we didn't. I We dilly-dallied, so now you have to die. And so, like, watching the fight, I was like, oh, I, ho- I hope Morgan doesn't die. And then, because I actually think Morgan is an interesting character, especially after she gets transformed into a witch. So let's see where this goes. And then she's killed. And so I'm like, that's too bad. And when Thrawn says, for the Empire, she goes, for Dathomir. Like, oh, okay. So she's doing this for her people or her... I, I don't know the status of the Witches of Dathomir. I don't know if they're all extinct or some of them are or what's going yeah. on with that. Because it, it, it is kind of conflicting here and there. And they, and they, gloss, he, they glossed it over really quick. Because all of a sudden, like, Ezra gave a backstory of what he's been doing. And he's like, yeah, it, it's too dangerous. Like, Thrawn woke up the Witches. And I was like, whoa, woke up the Witches? What, mm-hmm. what, what story is that? Like, that's an interesting story they were in what suspended animation like how did he wake him up we're not going to get into it but that you know that was an interesting like tell me more about that no no we're gonna have some some storm some stormtrooper fights okay while we're on that scene i do have my like little nitpicks with it i don't i don't like because people were, were were calling this out and um, I, 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 I have to agree, but I want to make this very clear. My nitpicks are not going against the episode itself. It's just a minor nitpick. For example, when they kill the stormtroopers, as they're like, the three of them are like deflecting laser blasts, and it's supposed to represent the three levels of Jedi. You have the Padawan, Sabine, mm-hmm. you know, she's getting hit in the head. Thank God she has yeah. Mandalorian armor that can Arm- deflect it. Yeah, yeah, you she's have, sucked, uh, right, yeah. You have Ezra, the Jedi Knight, and then you have Ahsoka, the Jedi Master, and, you know, that scene felt a little awkward for me and the other the other little nitpick i have is after they kill the stormtroopers the stormtroopers come back as zombies so so eventually the theory about them being zombies came true kind of kind of right but let in a much less interesting way like had they been zombies (laughs) from the beginning right it would have been interesting but here it's just like they're brought back as zombies for no for nothing for nothing because it's just it's a mind it's it's like there's nothing more uninteresting in Star Wars than stormtrooper fights, right? So, like, you could just have more stormtroopers. Like, did nothing? Nothing happened. Like, right? They they came back from the dead. And it was the same fight. 
Well, my nitpick is that they died, and then they come back and they act like zombies for two minutes, and then afterwards they don't. They act, act like exactly the same. They act. Right. They exactly. They act exactly the same, except they have green eyes. There was right. no. There was no like added threat. It's not like oh no, now they can aim. Like oh no, like now no, they can aim. <laughs> no, it's like it's just there's nothing that it had no impact on the plot whatsoever. Like, you know, the fact that he sends, like, I don't know how many sends. He sends, like, 100 zombies, right? Like, he could have sent 200 zombies, and the scene would have been exactly the same. Right? Like, I wouldn't say exactly the same. They, they, they might have had a bit more trouble, but ultimately the same result might might have happened, yes. But it, it, it it's, it's silly, because the Stormtroopers are already, like, faceless nothings that, like, uh, like can't do anything. You know, and then you're just going to have them be zombies. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. They're not more dangerous. You didn't make them into like 28 day later zombies who are like running at you screaming, going, ah! no, they're like, they're, they're, they're exactly the same. They were, they walked at the same pace. They had the same ability to aim. They were killed roughly just as easily. Like, you know, holy shit. So that would have been so much better. Holy fuck. If they were the, the, um, the zombies from Dawn of the Dead. Oh my, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Like, if they were like rage fast zombies. Yeah. Or, or if like we saw their faces and, you know, we saw who they were, you know, if, if you, if you got, if you got Boba Fett, the Boba Fett actor to come back and like, um, like have his helmet off and be all like made up like a zombie, like chomping, going, rah, 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 you know, like something. Give me something. It's like, oh no, a stormtrooper well, is coming back. Uh, we kind of almost had that with the death troopers. The death troopers um, were dead the entire time, and uh, the death troopers are the the two black stormtroopers that are like were the semi boss yeah. battle. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Like I, the Ahsoka Morgan Elspeth fight, I thought it was fine. Right. I just didn't. Th- I thought it was. A, I thought it was fine. Like choreographed. I thought that was. It, I thought it was fine. I just like there was no. The emotional weight was all backwards. The emotional weight for me was like, I hope this character doesn't die, and then she does. Because like I have no attachment to Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka is so <laughs> bland that like I'm just like, oh god, you had the boring character kill off a somewhat interesting character. That's too bad. I had a character that I actually felt emotion for die. And the character I felt no emotion for, like, continued to live. Um, yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's too bad. <laughs> the one thing that I, I have to say that I really didn't like is that they gave Sabine the Force. I fucking hate that. I, I, yeah, I Not always, everyone yeah. needs to be a Jedi. They, they really don't. It's just, they yeah. just don't. And it's, yeah, it's true. Mm. And like, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a problem later on, but I mean, maybe, maybe they're building towards something, but yeah, it was, it was not really that useful that she suddenly can move up. I mean, they set it up. She tried to move her cup in an early episode and then she got oh, her which, lightsaber. Which I called, by the way, I knew like in very yeah. early on when the, the cup moving things is in the end, we're going to have a moment where like, I just, I hate that that happened. I yeah. did not want her to be a force user because not everyone needs to be a Jedi, but whatever. That's, that's my first complaint. Uh-huh. My other complaint yeah. is that Thrawn, we, we came away 
having this opinion of Thrawn not being the amazing, awesome strategist that no. they needed to show him being. Yeah, that's true. And I kind of understand why they couldn't do that. It's because, you know, our, our heroes have to survive and they have mm -hmm. to continue on. And there's not enough cannon fodder on the hero side to really show Thrawn's mastery. Because whenever you want to show how good the good guys are, you throw endless waves of stormtroopers at them. Okay, fine. But Thrawn still needed to come away like a smart guy and he he didn't come he could he didn't come off looking like a smart guy he came off looking like a guy that has this legendary status that makes everyone afraid of him but we don't see why we should be afraid of him other than he looks scary which by the way they nailed the thron look they nailed the atmosphere around him he comes off very cold and calculating but we needed to see the calculating part come to fruition and i think they fell flat on that at the very last episode there just wasn't enough, like, whoa, Thrawn was three steps ahead. He was just one step ahead, which, okay, most villains his, are. His strategy seemed to be, like, ba mostly based on luck. Because you think about, like, the Thrawn plan, okay? The Thrawn plan is is essentially, we need to leave with my mystery boxes. He literally has mystery boxes on his, on his, uh, on his Star Destroyer. But he's like, I need... His, his main goal is I need to get back to the regular galaxy, the Star Wars galaxy. So, okay, I've captured Sabine. I know I'm going to let send Sabine off to find Ezra in case she's useful. Well, okay, well, why do you need to do that? Like, why? Because like, why? at this point, he doesn't know Ahsoka's on the way. He just has Sabine. It's like... Why are you letting her go? Because she might find Ezra. Well, but you're all going to like jump in your ship and go back. Like there's no, like she doesn't need to find Ezra. Ezra's, Ezra's like living on a, like living with some, some, some dark crystal, like puppets, you know, like it's fine. You don't, you don't need to do anything. Keep, keep her in the jail cell. No, 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 no. I'm going to release her. Okay. <laughs> well, it proved somewhat like it turned out it did benefit him because like Ahsoka, rather than going straight for Thrawn, decides she needs to find Sabine first. And so she does waste a bunch like Ahsoka randomly arrives, which which Thrawn didn't know, and then has to go to 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 find Sabine and it slows her down. OK, that was that was lucky, but that had nothing to do with like Thrawn's intellect. And then they come then they they make their way back in the in the in the nick of time and Ezra gets on and gets home while Ahsoka he has to like sacrifice Morgan and and uh Ahsoka and Sabine do not make it. And then he he taunts Ahsoka in, in, in space right before he goes into hyperspace, right? So I mean like the events work out for Thrawn, you know, because he leaves Ahsoka behind mm -hmm. and Ahsoka's now trapped. But, like, that had nothing to do with, like, his booming intellect. That was all luck. That was yeah. all luck. Yeah, I, I, I wanted so, to like, see the Thrawn from Expanded Universe, old legends, stories, so and so forth. And it's, it's it, at the end of the day, this entire show is teasing you for season two and, and what's to come. It, it reminds hmm. me of uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, the one with um, Andrew Garfield, oh, yeah. where in The Amazing Spider-Man oh, 2... Oh, I thought you were talking about him because uh, it's also true of like the the into the Spider Verse two across the Spider Verse. 
but yes that is also um, like it like just like an amazing <laughs> spider-man 2 you have a, a character walking through like this uh, setup of like all the villains equipment and it's all set up for the next movie and i kind of hate that that's what happened here it's all set up yeah. for the next season which they're talking about it nothing's but. been greenlit we'll see what happens but that's really all it is and i fucking hated that i want to throw on the show how good of a strategist he was and to be fair you know he's dealing with three main right. characters which okay there's there's not a lot of cannon fodder on the good guy side for him to show off his strategic mm. genius fine um but i want to throw on to be a big bad and he just looks like a big bad i think you're right that there is this real problem with with a lot of properties and i'm not even i'm not going to say it's a disney problem or a marvel or a, or a star wars problem or a marvel problem because i see it in a lot of properties like anyone any property that wants to do uh cinematic universe is that they spend so much time on setup that they forget they forget that no this is a story you're in the middle of a story like what's the story you know um and and that that, that is the big problem like like even if we take this as this season as a story the story like the contained story seems to be that like Ahsoka and Sabine somewhat come to a, a little bit of reconciliation over a problem that I never really understood very well, <laughs> you know. So, um, it's not it's not self contained, you know. Like the, the the arc, I mean, it's a little interesting that Sabine rescues Ezra, you know. That that's that's a, that's and and gets trapped herself. I think that's kind of a an interesting turn of events and releases Thrawn and all of that. But but what's you know what is the full story arc what's the full story because like balin and his apprentice were just mystery boxes like they're gonna do something we don't know what they're gonna do we haven't written it but it's gonna be something you know it's gonna be something um, and it has to it has to do with something. the more with the mortis gods which once again dave filoni calling back to clone wars 12 years ago uh that that's the statue so okay before we get into that oh, that's the statue you, okay I, yeah, we'll, I, we'll get into that so my first issue was giving sabine the force no not not necessary mm. we don't need more jedi characters i think it would be kind of funny i think it would be kind of funny if the entire show like many seasons was her trying and failing to use the force constantly i think that would almost be like a very and yet somehow succeeding in the end you know like i think that would be kind of um ah uh, kind of funny like almost like a um original diehard like bruce willis like you know kind of like always failing and fucking up and feeling feeling the bruises like that would have been that would have been more fun than her achieving the force so easily I just I I don't think it was necessary, but Sabine having the Force, Thrawn not actually showing what he's capable of, saving his intellect for the next season. And my third issue was the best character, in my opinion, in the show was Balin Skull. Came away my favorite, and the halfway point, Episode Four, I think, is where mm -hmm. he peaks. He's not in Episode Five. Episode Six, something else is going on with him. He's like, oh, we got a new character arc coming up for him. He he feels something. There's something on this planet that's calling right. to him. This is interesting. And we were talking about this during Episode Six and Seven review. They yeah. have to satisfy us with the Balin reveal at the very end. It had they they're they're saving it. Uh, they want they don't want to blow their whole load here. They're saving it for the final episode, the final reveal. Because right. I Let's I spent go. the whole episode. I spent the whole episode. Being like, where's Balin? Where's Balin? Same where's here. Balin, because mm -hmm. because like 
Because, uh, you know, I'm sitting here being like, looking at my watch, being like, we are wasting so much time on Stormtroopers. Uh, yep. And then finally he shows up. I'm like, oh, thank God. Imagine if they just didn't have him. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only Balin, but Shin Hadi. I expected her to come back and on some level, nothing. She just comes back at the very end, raises her lightsabers, and I guess she's now the leader of the alien Ronin out there. Does, in does, the that, make, does that make any sense? I, I, um, I, I guess it's supposed to. I don't know. I whatever. She I mean, cute, Shin, I'll let it go. Shin Hadi, <laughs> Hadi, Hadi's plot line does not make any sense. Okay, so Balin was like, "Oh, I sense that you're really ambitious. So why don't you go off and do your thing?" You and I talked about this. Like, oh, she's gonna go back to Thrawn and take her place, like next to Thrawn, like as his like Jedi. Nope. Her ambitions was to be the leader. Of a Tuscan Raider party, like that's it. Apparently, like that's that's your that's your ambition. Like what? Mm, yeah, yeah. That causes you to split from your Jedi Master, so that you can you can like rule rule a a a primitive. I mean, primitive compared to this universe okay i understand that they have te- they have high technology compared to us but like they, they're they not spacefaring they're like live you know it's just right so weird. and well one of the major central themes of this show is the relationship between the master and the apprentice and that how it impacts both people you have ahsoka and sabine ahsoka and anakin balin and shin and morgan and thrawn how they interact their devotion and so on I think it did a, a decent job showing us a nice contrast to Ahsoka and Sabine uh, in regards to Balin and Shin, who abandons her when some random new plot device comes calling, or Thrawn willing to sacrifice Morgan to escape, and Sabine not wanting to do the same with Ahsoka. We even get Ahsoka understanding that Anakin's legacy as Vader does not define her. Okay, cool. Where I think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit is that they really did need to show us Sabine and Ahsoka's first foray into this whole dynamic because I really wasn't feeling it in the beginning. If that if that if that is the theme of the show, and I understand that they, they, they probably said this, but this master of apprentice theme, but the master and apprentice theme, they failed on that. Like they failed on like showing that at all. Like you really like, do you really think so? Because I disagree. But like what's what's like what's the theme? I understand that like there's that relationship, but what what does that relationship mean? Like what how are we supposed to compare and contrast them? I guess the like bad the guys suck the th- because they throw away their apprentice and the good guys are awesome because they care about their apprentice. <laughs> but then this gets back to like what did hate what did what did Anakin do with his apprentice? Like- uh that's I so the way it happened was before Ahsoka left the order because she got accused of some bullshit yeah. and then he never was able to complete her training. So I guess in that episode five fever dream that she has, he kind of completes yeah. the training. So so the show is the show is called Ahsoka, and if we're talking about like Ahsoka's journey, because because <laughs> Ahsoka is this bland, stoic, useless, useless. I mean, useless in a dramatic sense. I mean, I, you know, she's she's a she she's she's a robot with a with with a lightsaber. I mean, she's I might as well call her General Grievous. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, she's if her story is um, fundamentally. She has some sort of tension with Anakin that's unresolved based on that master-apprentice relationship. And that somehow influences 
Sab- her her a- apprentice master relationship with Sabine. Um, but I just don't see how. Like Sabine, like in those situation, in that situation, Anakin's the rash one. And I mean, is it that like she look does Ahsoka look at Sabine and see Anakin, and is like she's rash, and so I don't want her to end up like as a Darth Vader character. But now we've but we're in a, a swapped situation because like Ahsoka was the apprentice and had no control over what her master did, and now she's in this like master relationship. But then if she comes up with some resolution at the end and it's just like, well, you know what? It's fine. I'm going to train Sabine anyway. How did that come about? What was, what did they resolve between them that, that allowed Ahsoka to come to terms with her memories of Anakin? Like, I'm not getting the whole connection because right. Cause we're setting it up. Ahsoka seems to have some problems with, with, Wanting to be the trainer of Sabine. Okay. Flashback. We see Anakin. Now we understand Ahsoka's relationship with Anakin a little bit. And that informs us on what? And then how is that resolved? And where does that leave us with Ahsoka Sabine at the end? So this is like an arc that takes place right in the middle of the entire show, that episode five fever dream that she has. Um, yeah. A lot a lot of this whole Master and Apprentice thing with Ahsoka and Anakin is unresolved stuff. And it, it's one of those things where this is where the show kind of fails, where it's really calling for people that watch Clone Wars and Rebels. And if you didn't, you're not really going to feel that. So as someone who right. did, I kind of feel where it's coming from. When Balin Skull is fighting her the first time, you know, your master was this, and you're just going to be just like him. She did, on some level, have to come to terms with that. Because she and Darth Vader did fight before, and that was interrupted by Ezra, of course, in the time lobby thing. Yeah. That was never really resolved. Anakin and Ahsoka was never really resolved. So, and right in the middle of the show, we had to stop to resolve that. But when it comes to Sabine and Ahsoka, most of that is done off screen. That's where I think the show failed. Because they don't seem like two people who really like each other at the beginning of the show. And we talked about this briefly when that was coming out. They they didn't really explore that whole beginning relationship between them and then the fall. This is kind of like two ex-girlfriends coming together and reconciling, kinda, and then moving forward. And then once they actually start to bond, they the plot needs them to separate again and everything happens. So I agree with you. Like it could have been done slightly better. Do you think Ahsoka is seeing do you think Ahsoka is seeing herself in Sabine or do you think she's seeing Anakin in Sabine? Or are they just like throwing shit at a wall and hoping something sticks? Hmm. I, I, that's the problem. I wish we would have gotten more background information on what happened between Ahsoka and Sabine. All we got was Hugh Yang yeah. telling, telling Ezra, well, you know, uh, they, they tried and it didn't work out and, and so and so forth. Right. And, it's, mm. it's kind of, that was really vital fucking information, I would say. Really, really vital. Um, yeah, and I also think that really vital information is more on the different, like the relationship between Balin and Hadi, um, and then, and so also like more on like Morgan and her her attachment to Thrawn and things like that. That should have been explored a bit more because she she was she comes off as devoted minion, um, yeah. and with Balin Skull, you have one episode saying. 
Shin Hadi goes, is Ezra, is he like me? And he's like, no, I'm training you to be something more. And then the next episode, he lets her go for this thing, this new character arc, this new story plot that doesn't go anywhere. And that's like my third issue with with this finale and the show in general is that Balin came away being one of the best characters of the show. There's no resolution Mm -hmm. for him. We'll see us next time for season two in a couple of years. What's... Yeah. What what's amazing if 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 the theme of the show is is master and apprentice, I think that was a I don't like I don't see all the connections, I don't see any parallels, I don't see any resolutions, I don't understand the resolutions, I don't understand any of the relationships because they they didn't show them. They didn't show any of the relationships. The one plot line that I think succeeded um and and I think it succeeded largely because of the performance of the actors is the Sabine Ezra story. Like that was the, I think the heart and soul of the whole season, and it worked well. You feel Sabine's pain that she's lost this friend, and you're wondering like, what is, how good is this relationship, you know? And then you they get together, and you see that they have chemistry and that they're good friends, and it freaking works. Um, and there, you know, there it was it was really nice scenes between Sabine and Ezra. And, you know, and then Ezra gets to go home at the end and Sabine has to stay behind. Like that's, that's a, you know, very kind of fitting, ironic ending to it all. Painful, but understandable, you know, and that, so that was really a strong point of the show. Like it should really be about the theme of the, the theme of the, of the season should be like friendship and the obligation we, we, we feel towards friends and like bringing, bringing friends home. Or like something like that. You know, I feel like that was the true heart and soul of the season of the Sabine. Because I joke and say this is the Sabine show because it is the Sabine show. Like, you know, I would I would argue that I don't I don't know if this would count as PTSD. I would feel as though Sabine. This is what I really think the show should have focused on. It should have been the Sabine show. I agree with you. And it kind of was. But she should have had some guilt that. At the very end of this whole conflict, she got to have somewhat of a happy ending, but Ezra did not. Ezra sacrificed himself to save all of them during the final battle of Lothal in the Rebels finale, where he uses the whales to get Thrawn out of there. Because Thrawn was about to win, and that's why they are where they are. I would have liked for them to focus more on her guilt, her survivor's guilt, I think that's what it is, um, Mm. of being the one person left standing. Because... She kind of was kind of Hera continues on in the rebellion Zeb as well. But Sabine had a closer relationship to Ezra. However, I got to I'm going to insert this back in here. I fucking hate that it wasn't romantic because first off, Sabine is kind of a walking red flag to doom our entire galaxy to fire and brimstone just to save this one guy and not make it romantic. Come on. Right. Come on, on, on what like, are you doing? On, on like on a burning friendship, like we understand what people do for romance. People rarely do it for friendship, you know. Like to, to doom the galaxy for friendship, for to doom the galaxy for a really for a really good friend is a little different than like dooming the galaxy for romantic love, which is like you know, because um, we all know what which one's stronger, um, or, or even familiar love is going to be stronger than like shoulder punch good friend you know <laughs> like um i also think okay i do think that there's a fuck up at the end as well where ezra is sacrificing himself and i feel like i feel like sabine should have had a should have had a um should have had a situation where she needed to sacrifice herself for ezra 
So in this situation, Ezra got on the ship and then Sabine sacrificed her ability to go home for Ahsoka. That was the wrong sacrifice. She should have been making a sacrifice for Ezra. Somehow. They should have like, you know, like they they both had two pods or, or there was only one pod or something and and he's like, you need to take it and then she like, she like punches him and shoves him in and he he goes or something. You know, she needed to make a sacrifice for Ezra and she didn't make a sacrifice for Ezra. I mean, she got Ezra home. I still think it worked, but, but, you know, her staying behind for Ahsoka. I mean, why would anyone stay behind for that boring like, <laughs> android? <laughs> Tell you, it's, she has loyalty. She has, it's a, once again, it's supposed to contrast, I guess, Thrawn and Morgan, who Thrawn kind of threw yeah. Morgan away, kind of. Same with Balin with Shin. Kind of didn't really throw yeah. him away. Let her loose and wasn't really there. Yeah. Uh, let her yeah. face, like, all this alone, kind of, to go off and do his own thing. Ahsoka and Sabine, are, I guess, are, are, are more, their bond is stronger than that. But I'm still, I'm going to, I'm going to reiterate this. I'm not saying that. You can't do this for a friend because if she has survivor's guilt uh, and, you know, yeah, she wants yeah. to maybe Ezra in Rebels. And I think he did. Maybe eh, it wasn't really as pronounced. It was more Kanan than anything. But if if these characters, if it w- it's just these, these characters just better fuck. They just they just need to fuck. Well, well, my whole thing is, I like I, w- I would understand it more if it wasn't romantic that maybe Ezra saved her and she owes her life to Ezra. So she owes this to Ezra. Yeah. Fine. I, so I want to I want to say like like thinking about the whole show and again we I we both of us like the show we think it's a good show I don't mm-hmm. know if you think it's better than Mandalorian I think it's better than Mandalorian but imagine <clears throat> how bad the show would have been if we didn't have a good Sabine character oh oh no 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 the Sabine like, what would the show Sabine... like, what would have been the show would have been nothing. Right. <laughs> every every other character, uh, Balin Skull a, a bit more, but every other character yeah. carried the Ahsoka show. Besides Ahsoka, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, Hera carried Ahsoka. every now and then. Uh, like every character should have their backs hurting with how much they carry this fucking thing. Yeah, and I don't more think so it's Rosario Dawson's. I don't think it's I don't think it's Rosario Dawson's fault. But yeah, even yeah, David Tennant's android character is really cool, and everybody loves you know. But like, it's amazing. It's, I don't think it's Rosario Dawson's fault. It's just. Man, they wrote they wrote some really clunky, bad, slow dialogue for for um, for Ahsoka. Nah, I think it's somewhat Rosario Dawson's fault. <laughs> a lot of that dialogue should have been could have been delivered faster. Well, let's um, be very fair here because all of the Jedi, even from the prequel era, were kind of boring. What made Obi Wan more interesting than Qui Gon or Mace Windu? Because Qui Gon and Mace mm. Windu were like very stoic, boring characters too. Uh, too. Is is that Obi Wan was more friendly? We had a connection to him from the original trilogy. He he was more mm. open to like different stuff. He has his like complicated relationship with Anakin, who's a problematic <clears throat> apprentice. Um, Obi Wan was he also was more he chill. also has the 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 charisma of Sir Alec Guinness, which true. goes a long way. Also true. Mm-hmm. Like who mm. who is that charismatic? I mean, look, I I love me some Liam Neeson and whatever, but he's he's not as He's not, and some, you know, Ewan McGregor, but like, they're not as charismatic as Sir Alec Guinness. Like, just, uh, I don't know. And, and to touch, to touch on what you said about, uh, this, this show not being bad, it wasn't bad. It was fairly good. The problem is, is the ending really didn't land. And because of that, mm-hmm. I think, I still think Mando season two is a bit better than Ahsoka season one. Mm-hmm. But that's because, like, 
they're really saving their load for season two. And I hate that they did that. You're saying, you're, yeah, I, I see what you're saying like, like Mando season two had a lot of resolution. They could have ended Mandalorian at that show, at that, at the end of season two. Cause technically his, his quest was over at the end of season two. We didn't need a yeah. Mando season three. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like if they wanted to continue Mando Mando's story, they could have done like um, if Book of Boba Fett didn't fucking suck, Mando's story could have continued in Book of Boba Fett or a Bo Katan spinoff. And Mando season three kind of was the Bo Katan show, but at, at least Mando season two did have that resolution. Uh, a lot of almost every episode I thought was great. The Mayfeld Bill Burr episode was fucking awesome. Uh, Ahsoka, once yeah. again, not a bad show, but they needed to stick the landing, and they kind of didn't. There's more questions than answers, and I fucking hate that. I hate that especially yeah. Yeah. for Balin Skull. But, by the way, do you think, I mean, when you see these mystery boxes, like, like, Thrawn coming back with all the mystery boxes on, on his ship, and Balin, like, walking off to, like, find his, his place, do you think... They they even have an idea, or do you think they've written the mystery? You think they've J.J. Abrams it, and they just they just wrote a mystery box, and they're like to be figured out later. Uh, I trust Dave Filoni to have some kind of plan, and this is probably going to tie into his uh his movie plans because I think he's getting his own movie, so okay. it might tie into that. But I kind of hate that this show has to be required viewing for the future. Because a, a lot of my enjoyment of yeah. this show really did come from watching Rebels and Clone Wars. Like, oh, I remember this. Oh, cool callback. Oh, this mm. and this. And blah, 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 blah. And the fact that you didn't. Once again, do you want to touch on the Mortis gods? The, I, um, I, the statues? Yeah, I mean, in, in a, what's, funny, what's funny is that, is that um, a lot of what I liked about the show is that I felt like they were exploring new territories like with the witches and like different, different uses of the force and all of this other um, like new stuff. And then I later find out like, no, actually that's just like a callback from clone from clone wars or, or, or rebels, you know? Yeah. So tell me about these gods. Cause, so cause like the... I liked the witches and then I found out that they were actually like previously appearing characters. I was like, Oh, that mm -hmm. takes away from their fun. Okay. So, uh, at the very end, Balin's on top of the statue, uh, is two men. It's supposed to be three people. The father, which is, he's on the top of the father's, like, finger pointing at something in the distance, which, yeah. cool mystery. I can't wait for that. Um, so it's the father who represents the balance. The sister is supposed to be next to the father, but her statue is missing, or it's been, like, beheaded or something. She represents the light side of the force, and the son, the bald one, next to the father is the dark side. There's a whole arc in Clone Wars Season 3 where Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka get trapped in, like, this weird-looking ship, and inside it's, like, a different dimension where these three mm. force deities reside. For, I forgot how and why, but I think the father somehow dies. It's been so long. I should have gone back and watched the episode. I think the father dies. No, I think the sister somehow dies. The brother accidentally kills the sister. And, you know, I guess the balance is, is interrupted. Whatever. Somehow, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan get out of that. And they have their memories erased. Um, however, the sister turns into some kind of bird. And... Ever since Clone Wars ended, whenever Ahsoka appears, the bird is usually following her, which is the bird you saw at the very end of this 
episode. I don't know if you noticed that. You saw it in the I distance. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bird yeah. is supposed to be some kind of manifest manifestation of the sister, uh, who represents the life, the life, the light side of the force. By by the way, by the way, I never really understood the balance of the force storyline of Star Wars because you're like, okay, we've got the light side of the force and the dark side of the force, and then the prophecy to bring balance, and then at the end, um, they just kill the the dark side of the force people. <laughs> you're like well, wait, wait, well that's not balanced that's just all light side now but okay anyway continue stop it with this blasphemies preston uh but uh, no the bird <laughs> okay. you see at the very end that flies away that ahsoka looks at is supposed to be a representation of the the sister cool the, this has two implications for for two reasons the first one is oh this is coming back in some shape or form um the mortis gods which uh, they appeared in like deep like space or something i whatever they might have origins on this planet what does that mean okay that's interesting does that mean that we might get more of a story with these characters with these deities why is something calling out to balin what does that mean like it it, it sets something up that could be potentially very cool very interesting because the brother is still out there somewhere there was a deleted Clone yeah, yeah. Wars scene where the brother comes back and they chose not to do it, which is a shame. The second implication mm-hmm. could be from Star Wars Legends. So in the Star Wars Legends canon, no longer canon, there was the mother. So if the father is balanced, the sister is light, the brother is dark, the mother was chaos. And the mother is probably one of the coolest villains in all of Star Wars because she's kind of like a Lovecraftian horror monster who can sit, shapeshift mm. and have all these tentacle things. So the whole theory this entire show has been the mother is calling out to Balin. She has been imprisoned on this planet and she's calling out to Force users. For some reason, Ezra maybe didn't hear her, but Balin is able to hear her. And when Balin says that the Night Sisters are running from something, a power greater than their own... They could be talking about the mother. So Dave Filoni could be coming back and inserting uh-huh. this Legends character into the new canon. Because he did it with Thrawn. You, there's yeah. no reason he can't I've, do I've it with looked, the mother. I've looked it up. She's called Abeloth the mm-hmm. Mother. Yes. Some, the, Abeloth the Mother of Chaos. Okay. Interesting. Ah, so so we Filoni. could have a... We could have a really cool situation here, but once again, they didn't want to blow their load in season one, which is a fucking shame. And now we have to wait, what, 2026 for a season two? Because the writer's strike has just ended. They got to get to writing. Nothing's been greenlit, but the actor's strike is still ongoing. So what's going on? You know, I do have to say, like Dave Filoni, unlike, say, um, um, the... uh, uh, who was the 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 showrunner of Mando? Um, John Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau. Like his stories are so simple and basic, like like the stories of like a ten year old. But like Dave Filoni, <laughs> like he's so he's so into like pulling in all of this canon, like from all over, um, all over the Star Wars. Like you know, he he just he wants to bring he wants to bring everything back in. And, and let me and, defend uh, that. Let me defend that for a minute. Let's yeah. say you've been writing these stories for years, years, and you, you've been tasked to write this one story in the same universe you do, and then you write a completely separate yeah. story. You're going to want to take elements from the previous thing you did so that effort doesn't go to waste, so that effort makes sense, and oh, so that absolutely. effort can come and, back. And that you find, you, you actually like can't – also you canonize them because there is something. There is that 
that separation, right? When you say like, well, something happens in live action, that's 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 all that's the ultimate canon, right? Something happening in cartoon, okay, that's that's like the next step up. But like something happening in book, eh, something happening in comic book, something happening in old comic book, you know? Like it's not it's not like real, right? Until it like appears in live action. So True. I can there's, see there's like him wanting that. to like yeah, I could see him wanting to make things live action, but also just pulling in all of these cool characters that he invented, um, that were invented, that this effort that, that in the past or whatever. So also just like the fun of continuity porn, you know. Continuity porn continuity is... porn. Oh, 100%. It's one of the reasons why I was afraid that House of the Dragon wasn't going to take place in the same universe as Game of Thrones. Um, I'm glad it does, because that's what really ruined Rings of Power for me, that it didn't take place in the same, like, Peter Jackson universe, or Peter Jackson multiverse. Mm. And of course it couldn't, because, you know, Gladriel does not look like um, the Gladriel actress from the Peter Jackson-verse. And I, I, I want it all to make sense, because you spend all this time watching it, you want it to kind of come and right. loop around. There's a big reason why, like, at the beginning of the Hobbit prequel, they bring in Frodo for no reason. <laughs> you know, like, there's no reason for Elijah Wood to appear in that movie. But they pull him in because they're like, well, we, 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 want, we want to make sure this is all, like, continuity, right? You know, <laughs> like... Well, yeah, and, and, and yeah. this is why I respect what Marvel is doing with the multiverse stuff, because they're bringing back, like, you know, they're bringing Deadpool into it when he wasn't really part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now he will be. Uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's mm -hmm. Wolverine and, and that whole X-Men stuff, they're bringing that into this. Uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, different multiverse things, they're bringing that into the... I, 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 I like that Marvel is kind of respecting our history with these movies and these actors and characters that we saw in other iterations yeah. I, I i i like that marvel is doing that and i i do like that dave filoni is you know respecting my childhood with him the where he's bringing back these characters i used to watch all the time and you know put him in live action it, it solidifies their whole you know character and that time I, i've spent so i appreciate that but overall Ahsoka was a very fine show. I would recommend it to Star Wars fans. It wasn't bad. Oh, um, no. I'll... For Star Wars fans, definitely recommend it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For a they're, Star Wars they're fan. Now, to a, few... a not, to a non-Star Wars fan? Oh, mm. you know. There are quite a few very good episodes. and Yeah, especially in the middle. The show, the show, the show, the show shines in the middle. It's, it, it started out dull. Its ending wasn't quite landed. But the middle, the middle is, the middle is quite good. The middle was quite good. Towards the end, not that great. I thought the beginning was fairly fine. I, I think I would argue the middle was the best, the beginning was second best, and the ending was just lukewarm. And as we all yeah. know, with Game of Thrones Season 8, you have to end well. If you don't, kind of taints the, I want to say the legacy of the show, because this is only Season 1, but it kind yeah. of like, uh, it, it just... The show is definitely carried by the actress Natasha Bordizo, um and the character of Sabine. And the uh, you know and the, and the the guy who plays Ezra and and uh, and obviously um, uh, the Balin, poor poor uh, poor uh, Ray. Um, Ray, you mean Ray's Shin Hadi? No, 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 no. Oh, Ray no, Stevenson. No. I'm yeah, sorry, Ray Stevenson. <laughs> I thought you meant Ray, Ray from Stevenson. the sequel trilogy. My bad. 
Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it was a fine, it was a fine show, but that's my problem with it. It didn't need to be fine. It needed to be fire. Was it fire? No, it was lukewarm. Uh, at the very end, lukewarm. Overall, yeah. decent show. By the way, before we wrap it up here, um, this always bothers me. Okay, Thrawn is back, but so is Ezra. Okay. I'm sure Thrawn will be defeated by the very end of this whole situation because the Mandoverse and the Ahsoka show and all that other crap is gearing up for the final Avengers fight between all these characters versus Thrawn. Okay, fine. Right, you, right. You, you have the Sisters who can do zombies. There's their army. Thrawn is the big bad. He's the Thanos. Okay, cool. And then we have, you know, Captain America, which is Ezra, Iron Man, Mando. Mm -hmm. Like, we have all these guys. Ahsoka, I guess, Thor, whatever. We have all these characters. Right. Black Widow is Bo-Katan. Yeah. Where the fuck is right. Ezra during the sequel trilogy? Where the fuck is Ezra during the First Order Crisis? They have to answer that. They And if they do another fucking bullshit right. sacrifice for him not to be a Jedi... Or not to be there during the first order sequel movie trilogy stuff. All right, so that's this, bullshit. This, this is what this is what I would do because this, this is what I would do because they need to be missing, right? You either kill them all off, which <laughs> is is harsh, right? Kill every like killing all of these people off, or you send that you you send him on like a spiritual quest to explore like that new galaxy and like but the problem is he was living on that planet for years why wasn't he exploring it already but the the thing is like you have him go off somewhere to to explore on some sort of like you know important mission where he's away because you got a professor x him somehow right per, you, you know, do, you do to, per, to professor x is like in the, in the in the professor x was always too powerful for so there was always some reason professor x was not in the action in the X-Men comics. So like he was either like off in space with the, with the star jammers or he was like in a coma or his powers were gone. You got, you got a professor Exum. Right. Um, so it's, I, I mean, you could argue that Ezra was active during the sequel trilogy, just on this part of the galaxy. And we really, we really didn't focus on that part of the galaxy, which, okay, fine. You could explain that for episode seven and eight, but episode nine takes place a year after episode eight. Why didn't he join the rebellion? And you're going to have to mental gymnastics as, like, he did, but, or he joined the Resistance. He did, but, like, Leia sent him on another mission separate from Rey. And he met Rey right. in, like, this other continuity book or comic or whatever the fuck. So you could do that, fine. Or maybe you could have Ezra come back a little older, where he's part of Jay's, uh, Jay's, uh, Rey's new Jedi Order. That would be fucking cool. But you have he to jumps answer. In the, he jumps in the he jumps in the time tunnels and he comes out in the future. Fuck! I hate that you said that because I can totally see that happening. Oh over. my god! No! <laughs> Skip, Leave the skipping time over everything, below. right? That is. I could totally see that happening. <laughs> Fuck! I didn't think about that. Shit! <laughs> Fuck! Oh no! I think it's, oh it's, it's, no! It's, wait! Wait! It's wait! Of, it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so the way Ezra finds the time tunnels in the the show Rebels is he he sees the the a, a mural of the father, son and the daughter. So if at the very end Balin's skull is on top of the fucking father statue pointing at something in the distance and maybe Ahsoka goes to follow him, they could all end up in the sequel trilogy era. No. Oh, that's a thing I can see them doing. Ah, it's fine. If if they do it if they do it in a good way, it's fine. Maybe there's a fight between Ahsoka and Balin and right, right. I mean, we'll see we'll see what actually like how they want to do like post sequel trilogy. Because we we haven't been touching that that 
like right now they really love they really love this um this this like golden era of like in between return of the jedi and and force awakens right this is Mm -hmm. like a fun era to play in um there's a lot you have to like do and resolve and like what 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 enemies and are you gonna fight when you get to when you get post sequel trilogy i don't know i don't know what they could do is and i would be i would be over the moon for this um a luke skywalker series animated or live action whatever the fuck and give us the journey of luke trying to rebuild the order that would be fucking cool mm-hmm. and you know a training young kylo or trying to um because yeah, they re- keep... recast recast and i'd be fine with a recast like luke like training kylo like why that, not that situation why not well, fuck yeah, it why, why not, not? they they, they kind of missed their chance though because i don't know if you remember that kid uh, finn wolfhard from stranger things the shaggy haired black haired kid mm-hmm. like he could have been yeah, a young yeah, yeah. kylo um, I could see that. I could definitely see him being a young Kylo. But there's, I'm sure there's, there's, a, there's an inf- infinite number of kids with long black hair and big noses. I mean, you can you can find an infinite number of them. <laughs> I forgot he had a big nose because, like, so does Adam Driver. Like, oh, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would have been perfect. But no, like, they could totally do that. I would be over the moon for that. A Luke Skywalker series, Dave Filoni be behind it. Fucking why not? Because they really go out of their way. They show Luke, but they're really going out of their way not to show Leia, not to show Han. Which, yeah. how do you ignore some of the biggest yeah. players in the series? Just, let's, mm. just, let's just get to the point where they're dead. You know, let's just get <laughs> to the point where they're all dead. And we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. The, prob- the problem is that, like, once you... You know, I hope they get to the point where they're no longer relying on the crutch of the original trilogy, mm. you know, where, where, where something can go. Because they're still, in many ways, relying on the crutch of the original trilogy, right? They're still, fl- like, they're still flying around in Boba Fett armor, like, 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 talking about being the apprentice of Darth Vader and hearing about leia and 3po showing up right there's still this like crutch like this isn't star wars unless i'm going to refer to the original trilogy a bit you know like get to the point where you're actually telling a story that goes beyond that goes beyond star wars um it's interesting that you bring that up like like hearkening back to the because this because the original trilogy has its own style and flavor but so does the prequel mm. trilogy the prequel trilogy has its own style and flavor too the sequel trilogy did not not really it's because it was a vision from from like two different people so whatever comes next that needs to be a unified vision and if it's gonna be favreau or filoni actually no favreau kind of owns the post return of the jedi era filoni a little bit as well whoever they get to handle post sequel trilogy era stuff that person really needs to have a unified vision and they can't have too many cooks in the kitchen or a different cook coming in next week uh, yeah. It has to be one yeah. guy, but if they're de- if they're dealing with like something big, like mythological gods and the, and the actual like foundation of the Force and 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 super prehistory and stuff like that, I, you know that they got to get it right. And and I I think that's a, a large enough story that you can do like post po- post um, death of Palpatine, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I look forward to season two. I mean, you know, I look forward to season two of Ahsoka a lot. So, it because it, this was a pretty good show. It was. I think so too. Um, a fairly fairly decent show. Uh, Preston, do you mind if we wrap it up here? 
Sounds good. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.